Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Good morning, family. Good to see you all easing your way back to in-person services on Sunday. (laughs) It is good to have you with us. And... This is Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, so before we get started, uh, if there's any active military in the building, we would like to ask you to stand up. If there's any active military on the, um, online watching this, we want you to shoot your name in because we have uh, ministers that's going to be praying for you. And we just want to pray for you. Any veterans that are in the building, we would like to stand up and just say thank you so much and, and give a round of applause. We want to honor you and say thank you for your service, whatever branch of military you were in. But we want to pray for those who are still in, on active duty because, you know, they're being shipped over to uh, Ukraine, uh, and, and I, 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 it hurts me every time I say that because you, you, they talk about them like they're a piece of uh, cargo. You know, we're shipping them over, and you know, these are individuals, these are lives, these are fathers, mothers, sisters, yeah. brothers, sons, daughters, and so we want to pray for a hedge of protection uh, for our uh, fellow brothers and sisters in the military. Is that all right? Yeah. Amen, amen. Want me to do it? Yeah, come on. Father God, once again, we come to you humbly with a a humble spirit saying, Lord, you are such a good God. And right now, we want to lift up our brothers and sisters in military. Those whose names are being sent into the chat the individuals that we can think of, our loved ones, we ask that you just guide, guard, and govern them. Lord, protect them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Lord, give them a a discerning spirit so they can be vigilant. Hmm. Give them the eyes to see, Lord, your will. Give them the heart to, to push through and press on. Lord, I pray and ask that you just Give them a spirit of peace right now, knowing that you are in control. So, Lord, we ask for a hedge of protection. We even pray for their supervising command, their officers, whoever is in charge, that they know that they are dealing with a precious, precious individual, a child of God. So, Lord, we ask for direction. We ask for you just to pour out your spirit upon them right now as we honor these individuals who are willing to sacrifice their lives for our freedom, for our ability to live the life that we are living Mm. here in America, the quality of life on the backs of so many, Lord. So we say thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. In Jesus' precious, precious name, amen. 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 Good prayer, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And, and we also just keep in prayer the realities of something called moral injury mm-hmm. because when it comes to war, you can have mixed emotions, mixed feelings. And that's what I was wrestling with during my prayer. Yeah. You know, I said, okay, how do we pray for individuals like that? Yeah, yeah. Because moral injury is where you're in conflict about um, the cause for which you are doing what you're doing. 
And we've been involved in several wars that, you know, uh, the nation may not have agreed with, but we positioned ourselves for very important reasons. Because I grew up in the Vietnam War, uh, was very real, very active, and there were protests going on. And unfortunately, when many of the uh, soldiers came home from the war, they weren't treated with celebration. They weren't celebrated and respected and honored and appreciated for the fact that they uh, gave their lives. The issue of why we were there became more important. Mm -hmm. And that's when you, you experience a different type of emotional distress and injury, and it's called moral injury. So whether it's Iraq, um, no matter what we've done, uh, we have soldiers who are there being obedient and um, standing for our nation, and that's so, so important. So please, always keep them in your prayers. And, and, and also, just really, if you can't go out your way for veterans, uh, you know, when you look at a study and see some of the things that some of these veterans are going through and some of the trauma and, and some of them, are, you know, the loneliness, if you can just go out your way and just thank a veteran, I, that, I'm telling you, that makes a big difference for their day, just to go out and say, you know, thank you for your services. You might not agree with, you know, the war, like Pastor said, but the fact is that they were willing to uh, uh, sacrifice their life for us, you know, for what we're doing, even the ability to sit here and have worship and pray uh, together, you know, it comes out of something like that. So please, make sure you just, you see them, and I'm telling you, if it's, if it's a proud veteran, they're going to have something on of what branch they were part of, uh, uh, you know, some type of pen, a hat, and just go out there and just say thank you for your services. It, it, it just does something for them, and that's ministry in itself, so please. Yeah, that's ministering God's love, life, and light. Minister to the individual and experience what the individual may face and go through, and that's loving on them by simply saying thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. And you talk about, you know, honor and, and the fact that um, we're suffering from a deficiency of honor, respect mm -hmm. uh, in our nation. Um, when Jesus, can, I, can we go in this direction? Yeah, because, and, and this is why you see why they disrespect, you know, okay. Go. I mean, it's not what we I'll let you go plan first. to talk about, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when we, when we assess the spirituality of our nation, the morality of our society, um, those are things that are missing. This whole idea of honor, reverence, and respect. So it was a time where the elderly were respected, mm -hmm. not abused and, 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 you know, taken advantage of. Uh, children were respected and not abused and taken advantage of. Yes, there were instances of it, but the ethos of our society was an attitude and an intellectual and emotional disposition that we are to honor and respect these individuals within our society. And unfortunately, you know, we've, we've fallen away from that. Social media hasn't helped because people feel, you know, they can say whatever they want without thinking about boundaries of respect. That's why in the prayer that Jesus gave us as a model prayer known as the Lord's Prayer and also the Our Father, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, because it's also in the Gospel of Luke, but in the Gospel of Matthew, um, Jesus uses two words. He says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. How many of you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I say that because our, we have a generation who doesn't know it. That's because they're not teaching it. You know, it, it's, it, there are certain things that are important to our religious practices and, and, and rituals because they memorialize certain things 
within our hearts and minds. But he, he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then uh, further down in the chapter, he said, for if we forgive not uh, uh, those who trespass against us, um, then how can God forgive us our trespasses? So he uses two words, debt and trespasses. And they both symbolize and express sin, all right? But they are interestingly unique. A trespass is when we cross or violate moral boundaries. They be in relationships, standards within the society. Um, if we, we, we invade the place of God's authority and exercise our self-will. So trespassing, think of it, you know, uh, physically in terms of, you know, going on someone else's property, right? Unlegal, unlawful entry into someone else's property. Also, unlawful or illegal uh, entrance into someone else's space. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we understand, excuse me, this whole idea of trespassing, um, violating moral boundaries. That's trespasses. But, and that has to do with what we do, sins of commission. But debt speaks of what we owe. Mm -hmm. And the, this refers to sins of omission. So there is what we do that's sinful, and there's what we fail to do that is sinful. So another word for sin in, in the Greek, har, harmatano, is to, to fall short of or to miss the mark. Mm -hmm. And there are times when we fall short because we fail to do certain things and it is a moral violation. So if you fail to say thank you, to show gratitude, to show honor, to show respect, where respect is due, where honor is due, where gratitude is due, then that is a falling short. So that becomes a sin of omission. So there's sins of commission and there's sins of omission. There's what I do that is sinful, but there's also what I failed to do and should have done based upon the moral standard that God has placed within our heart, our conscience, and within human society. So when we don't honor and respect, we are falling short because we're not paying what we are morally obligated to pay. It is amazing how God set up society to function uh, in a way that it maintains balance and brings all of these things that build relationships instead of destroying relationships. And I, and I, I think that's so key because when you look at the church, some of that has been lost as well in the church, the respect, the honor. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when the presence of God is here, right, you should be at a place of awe that you, we're worthy enough to be in the presence of this almighty God. Uh, right? yeah. and, I, and I think if... It's a if privilege. We, yeah, it's a privilege. Of, and, and because we don't have the... Sometimes we lose the proper view of who this God is because we go, we, we go through this mundane, habitual worship that people don't really take serious. There was a song that I was listening to on the radio. He said, I'm going to uh, worship you until it changes my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through this process where I'm going to worship this, you know, you until it changes my heart, you know, because the fear and the, the, the doubt that I'm dealing with does not change who you are, right? So there's a song, and I think 
if we start honoring and looking at God at this, this, this almighty God uh, with humility, then we will start changing our posture, just even just in worship. Amen. Amen. And see, these things like prayer, like the songs, like the worship, like coming to church on Sunday, these ritual and practices that we call religious or religion is actually organizing our spirituality. We're all spiritual. Mm-hmm. So this generation is saying, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual, but not religious. What are you talking about? <laughs> they, uh, most no of them can't even define it. No offense, young folks. <laughs> no, most of them about? can't even define it. We're all spiritual mm-hmm. because we have certain faculties, right, that are non-material, that are not measured empirically. Love is a faculty that, that how, do you, how do you measure that? Mm-hmm. Talk about the negative faculties of, of, of hate, faith, hope. There are aspects of our being that are not visible, but are very powerful and influence who we are and shape and influence society at large, right? We have had instances in the past two weeks where the force and power of hate has resulted in violence against many elderly who were in, the, in Buffalo in the supermarket and our children. precious children, you go from one extreme to our another. babies, from one extreme to another. And what, what is pushing that? Hate, a very real, real, but invisible force that influences individuals and actions and impact cultures. So we are spiritual by nature, by design. We are spiritual. What religion does is codify or organize our spirituality into ritual and practice to give it more meaning and to memorialize it in our minds and our hearts. Mm -hmm. So when we remember the stories of Noah and Joseph and and his brothers and and Abraham and Sarah and and, and we remember going to church and the choir singing or the praise and worship leaders and all that, those things memorialize it. So to try to separate religion and spirituality and say, well, I'm this but not that, you don't understand. And in, in the pursuit of doing that, they end up going into some type of other system of religion, which it, it, that is, it just talks about how America is because you go from one extreme where, you know, they're trying to sign a bill to, to possibly kill a baby 28 days after it's born. Mm. But yet now we're, you know, we're having a problem with this guy going into school, shooting up these kids. Like, okay, what do you want? America, you know, and, and this is not just, and this is in the Christian world as well as in the secular world, and this is the tensions, and so you, you, it's like the, the, the... And these become culture wars. Yes. But they're issues of morality mm-hmm. because the life and dignity of the human person is a God-conferred status on every human being from the moment of conception to the moment of death. And too often, we're, we're, we're extreme in that we may be focusing all of our time and attention on one aspect of life in the womb, but then abandon life outside when it's of outside of the mm-hmm. womb. And we should have equal care across the board. There's so many things, and, and we talk about this because this is part of our spiritual faith. This is who we are as Christians, as believers. And theology takes place, not in here, really. (laughs) Theology takes place through you in the marketplace, in the workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family setting, on your home, on the job, on the train, wherever you may be. That's where theology really takes place because that's where 
people are having the conversations, the real conversations about faith and about the world in which we live. And God intended for us to have a lens, a worldview, all right, that looks at humanity, looks at human society, who we are as human beings, what it means to live in this world, based upon our faith. That was part of his plan for us. So to try to separate the two is ridiculous. Jesus put it this way, pray thy kingdom mm -hmm. come. come, not pray we go. <laughs> he said, pray thy kingdom, your way of doing, being, and thinking, come where? To the earth, mm -hmm. so that the will of God could be done. Because if the will of God was being done, there would be righteousness, peace, and joy, which is the kingdom of God. That's a good place right here to say amen, folks. <laughs> good place right here to say amen. Yeah. All right? So you come to church for two reasons. Jesus said, follow me. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. And our responsibility is to make you followers of Christ. Not followers of a political party, a celebrity, a personality, an ideology. No, we're here to make you followers of Jesus so that you begin to become imitations of Christ. How many understand what I'm talking about? So Jesus said, follow me. And then he said, Learn of me, to study, to meditate, to understand. You know, on the way in, I was thinking about the text from um, Joshua when God was turning the leadership from Moses over to Joshua. And he says, this book of the law shall not, King James language, <laughs> this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night yep. that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. Mm -hmm. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. So the prosperity and the success of life, which is human thriving, which is the purpose of God, all right, human thriving, purpose for the earth is human thriving, uh, comes out of a relationship with the word of God, which is an expression of the divine will. Because if you do his will, all right, you'll be blessed in the process. Blessing comes out of that. So I was thinking about that, and I said, wow, you know, I, I do that. Because all day long, I'm thinking. It's not that, that I don't think about anything else. I'm not sitting under a tree reading my Bible, which some people think that means. No. <laughs> I got a life. <laughs> I got a wife. <laughs> I got children. I got grandchildren. I got a congregation. I got people that I pastor outside of this, this, this church uh, and this ministry. No, but to reflect on, to meditate, to allow the Word of God to feed your thoughts allows the Holy Spirit the opportunity to connect that word to the issues that you're experiencing in your life. Mm -hmm. And it brings God's light to those issues. And out of that light comes a strategy that leads to victory over the situation that you're dealing with. This thing is so tight and so right. <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we really get into it the way God intended and not the way it's become. You talk about formality and informality and some of that informality 
is, is in an attempt to, be, to make Jesus relevant. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make him relevant. He is relevant all by himself. Yes. Read the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Read. He related to the people that he came in contact with. In fact, he was criticized for some of his relevance. They call him a friend of sinners. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> and, 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 and sometimes today, some of our, our so-called Christian and Christian voices and leaders think that we've, we've been given the ministry of judgment, not the ministry of reconciliation. So they're busy being critical instead of reconciling, building bridges and bring, building people, bringing people back together. And they just feed into the polarization. Yeah, I'm talking about y'all out there <laughs> on TV, and, and, uh, we, radio, we, social media. <laughs> We, were, we had a, a singles ministry event last on Friday, and we, you know, some of the questions, they, they, they were throwing questions out there. I'm like, man, I didn't know we were going to go this, this deep into the conversation. And one of the things I said, I said, um, the, the, one of the tensions that the church runs with is the ability to uh, be accountable and accountability through love. Mm. Right, so we call ourselves trying to be accountable, and we just go to the extreme and just become judgmental. Mm. Right, then there's this whole idea of accountability through love. But the question is, what does love look like? And I think a lot of people don't have a proper concept of what love looks like. So that when they usher in their love and accountability, they end up going back to the other side of judgment. Let me give you two illustrations of love. For God so loved the world <laughs> that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that beautiful? Let me give you another one. For God so loved Adam and Eve that he put them out the garden to keep them from eating from the tree and remaining in a sinful condition for the rest of their life. Amen. (laughs) Balance is the key to life. Yes. Yes, it is. So, last week, um, you and I were talking and you shared with me what happens is now we we get feedback so it becomes more interactive. Um, you guys are tweeting, texting, posting, all the stuff uh, to, to Pastor Jamal. And I asked him, so what's the story? And he shared that something significant stood out last week because we were responding to the shootings in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that we're doing. I've been in touch with the White House. There's some things being planned um, next month around Juneteenth uh, in, that we're going to be involved with in, in Buffalo. But at the same time, we were, we're talking about that, then right on the heels of that tragedy, the shooting in Texas. Mm-hmm. And, and these children, and I think about the biblical phrase, the slaughter of the innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is demonic. There is no other way to describe that. That is evil. And everybody, saved or unsaved, Christian or non-Christian, has a sense of outrage because of the universal moral sensitivity that we all share as human beings. That's something that God put inside of every human being. Everyone doesn't have a developed conscience or a developed moral compass, Mm -hmm. but we all have one. Um, and I say that because too often we think that morality is a set of rules that we learn and then try to live up to. No, morality is something that God has already made a part of human nature. This sense of right and wrong conduct. 
It's already in you, folks. Even in a sinful condition, all right, it, it, is, it, it, it impacts how we use and how we think, and that's why we have to develop that conscience, but it's already there. So it's not a set of rules that we're given and we try to live up to those rules. What those rules do is highlight the, the, the moral standards that's already inside of us. It brings it to our attention. And when you get saved, born again, the Holy Spirit comes into your life to empower you in ways to live out that moral standard in ways that you could not live out before because sin dominated your life. This is good preaching, folks. <laughs> Are you hearing me here? So, you know, we, we, we're in a place where our society is in moral crisis. And, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what to do because we're not turning to God. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at human responses in order to fix us where we are broken. The type of violence that, that we, we see happening is a, a violence. It's an aggression mm -hmm. rooted in alienation from God and from each other. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That relationship which is vertical, love your neighbors yourself, that relationship with is horizontal. <laughs> alienation from God causes alienation from each other, and we are an alienated society. And COVID compounded the alienation with isolation. So it is no wonder that we're, 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 we're in a fog trying to figure this out. But the reality is reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation, bringing people back to God, and in that way, back to each other. Because if we try to reconnect with each other without God, we don't have the glue that holds it together. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Y'all a little slow on the clap this morning. <laughs> Step it up here, please. <laughs> right? I need y'all to recognize good preaching. <laughs> All right? Good preachers, not just because I say, say it! Somebody! No, 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 no. Understand substance well, over sensation. Some of, them are, some of them are taking notes. Oh, good. That's okay then. Yeah, so they're taking notes. They gotta, you ta are you taking notes or fact checking me? No. <laughs> no, some of them are taking notes. I see them and they. Right. If you're taking notes, that's okay. That's okay. Now, I, look. You know, we talk about this all the time. We want people to be on fire for God. We want people to be excited about God. You know, people should be looking at you and asking you, what do you have and how can I have it? Mm -hmm. See, see, if people don't like me because of Jesus, that's okay. But if people don't like Jesus because of me, that's a problem. <laughs> say that again. Please say that again. That is a problem. Yes, please say that again. We need to do something about that problem. Mm-hmm. You say it again? Yeah, please say it again. Because <laughs> there's people watching this. And I pray, Holy Spirit, bring it to my remembrance. These he moments said, if people don't, if people like, you don't like me Jesus, because of Jesus, okay. that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if people don't like Jesus because of me, that's a problem. Yes, yes. It means I'm not representing yes. him in a way that in that's chat. going to draw. He called me to be a fisher of men. Yes. I'm, I'm hype, man. I'm, I'm, just, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I believe, if I can speak in, 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 <laughs> in secular parlance, I believe in the product. Amen. Amen. 
You cannot successfully sell a product that you don't believe in. I believe it. All my heart, I've been living it out. Sacrificed my life, family, everything. Because I deeply believe in this product. I believe that Jesus is the, I believe in God's plan. I believe in God's purpose. And and, and that's good. Because the first first question we ask is, do you really believe what you believe? Because if you really did, then your life will will look like you believe it. Come on, say that again. (laughs) If you really believe what you believe about Christ, then your life will look like you believe it. Yeah. You'll reflect that. You'll reflect that. And that's the job of the church, you know, to make disciples. Essentially, that's the role of the church. Yes, we are the pillar on the ground for the truth of Jesus Christ, right? The truth, not a truth, the truth. Uh, but we are here to make disciples, to make you followers and learners, and then ambassadors of Jesus. That is our discipleship model here at CCC. People begin as seekers, we move them to followers, and then learners, and then ambassadors. That is what you're called to in every aspect of, you know, our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, this started... Um, and thank you for those of you who appreciate this format that was birthed in the context of COVID, where he and I are talking. We got some criticism. Someone said, I don't, I don't want to watch it because it looks like a podcast. Maybe you'll learn something from a podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm not apologizing. I'm not. But... But, um, boy, I could break this down sociologically and psychologically. Um, But um, what people responded to was prophet, priest, and king. How do we respond to these issues and the perspectives? And you brought that up. And you said that that people really connected to. Why, first of all? Uh, There was a number of different reasons. But one of the biggest reasons, it, it brought balance. Uh, to their uh, approach to something like this, right? Because, uh, you know, from, from you know, looking at, you know, the, the priest's uh, model of, you know, getting to following your needs to pray, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you take an action, you know, and then it's progression where, you know, you're just not praying because one of the things that they say is that the church, all you do is pray, but, you know, what happens after that, right? You know, they, they, you know the first thing they do is ask the church to pray, but are they asking the church to do anything else because we're not walking in the other, you know, uh, roles as prophet, priest, and king? So we, we, we operate in uh, uh, priest, but, the, you know, the prophet and the king aspect is something that we don't really um, walk in, operate in, especially when it comes to a, the prophet perspective. And that, I think, was the biggest uh, key because being, you know, lo- looking at the president, the present, and then, you know, looking at the future is, is, is two, op- two, two things. And we, we, we as a church... We don't tend to really systematically approach that aspect of the prophet. I like that you're choosing, measuring your words carefully. (laughs) That's a mark of wisdom when you take your time. Uh, Well, mostly a mark for wisdom. Some people, they just don't know what to say. But uh, it's definitely a mark of wisdom when you think about what you're saying. Words have power. and prophet, priest, and king. It's actually prophet, priest, king, and it's, it's actually prophet, priest, king, queen, bride, groom. Mm. 
And this is not coming just out of um, the Gospels and Jesus being a blend of these things. This was the original intent in the mind of God through Adam and Eve. So God, Adam was given, Adam and Eve were given the role of prophet, of priest, of, of king, uh, and of course bride and bridegroom. Bride and bridegroom simply have to do with our role to establish through intimate relationship the basis for family in the context of marriage, which becomes the foundation for society. Mm -hmm. So our role was to establish family. Be fruitful, multiply. Not just be productive, all right, um, in terms of our labors, our work, but also in terms of procreation. So he was given, he gave us a, 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 a mantle to multiply, to be fruitful, to establish intimate relationship that become the basis for family, marriage, and a foundation for society, because family is the foundation for society. In the kingly role, and we have to be careful there, because too often, especially in our context and culture and time, um, we, we quickly apply that to some position of political power or authority. No, when he gave it to Adam, and that's why, you know, before he, Jesus recaptures the original intent of, of, of the father in Adam, because Jesus is the second Adam, the last Adam, it was in the first. So humanity was expected to occupy a kingly role. What does that mean? King means ruler, mm -hmm. right? It means to rule, to lead. And when you talk about being king as the original mandate of God, it begins with ruling yourself. Mm -hmm. Self-mastery is the first application of our kingly role. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, please. I didn't get too much of an amen on that one, boy. <laughs> oh, no, no loud applaud. applause. Our first application of the kingly role or rulership and leadership is over ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because if we can't govern ourselves, how can we be responsible to govern others? And that's a part of the a problem. A good king is a king who has mastered self-rule mm -hmm. in order to rule a dominion, a people. So the kingly role, which began in the garden, all right, is about first ruling yourself. And some folks have a challenge with that and never get to rule anybody else. <laughs> Ruling self, self-mastery is the mandate. That is the original mandate in our kingly rule. From the rulership of self, then that rule extends to a household, then to your job, then to families then to your role in society in some leadership capacity. Mm -hmm. So that is the extension, but it begins with self-rule and self-mastery. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to accept that responsibility as king, our call to be kings, it begins with you mastering yourself, self-discipline.
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ah, here we go. Fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Yeah, and that's the greatest challenge. That is the greatest challenge. And I will tell you, you either exercise the two pains in life, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And either pain, you're going to experience it. I recommend you experience the pain of discipline so that you don't have to experience the pain of regret. So, so important. So the kingly rule is about self-government. It's about ruling self. The prophetic rule is the prophet hears from God. The prophet speaks on behalf of God. So when God told Adam to name the animals, he was, he, what was he doing? He was telling Adam to speak on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Because God created the animals, but now he's giving man this, the authority to, on his behalf, right, name that creation. That's very powerful. So the prophet speaks on behalf of God. How can you speak on God's behalf and you don't know God? Mm -hmm. yep. So it requires, and boy, we could dig into this and unpack it, and that's enough right there, but understand that it's not just, you know, thinking about Jesus as prophet, priest, and king, and now we're going to be elevated and take over and rule everybody. <laughs> no, it begins with your self-rule and then extends out into a responsible leadership over others. It begins with you hearing from God, applying it to yourself, and then sharing it and speaking on behalf of God out into society and to others. The original plan of God for the earth. Remember, there's a plan mm -hmm. and there's a purpose. The original plan of God was hidden in Christ. His plan is in Christ, which is his word, which is his plan, which is this book that he's given us called the Bible. Are you all with me? In the beginning was the plan. And the plan was with God. And the plan was God. And the plan became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the plan, full of grace and truth. Ephesians puts this this way, according to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus. So the plan of God, and you know, a plan, like we're building, we're going to be building, you know, um, the urban village. A plan is the conceptualization of a vision. And then bringing all of the elements together in order to make that vision a reality. Mm -hmm. So God's plan for human society was in Christ. And in Christ, that's why the scripture says, in him lie all the wisdom and knowledge of God. In him, ah, I get goosebumps. In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him, the perfection of the plan comes to realization. So when he came, the plan came. And now the plan is unfolding before us. He said, I will build my plan, Amen. my church. So God had a plan for the earth and humanity, and he had a purpose. The purpose is human flourishing. I would say that again. Human flourishing.
flourishing. God expects us to flourish. That is his purpose for us. And we can unpack that and break that down. That's why he's giving you gift, talents, and abilities, etc. All right? But at the end of the day, he wants you to flourish. So the question is, if you're not flourishing, why? Mm -hmm. Because it's in the plan. Yep. <laughs> and somebody's not executing the plan. Mm -hmm. And we just ran out of time. <laughs> That's prophet, priest, no, prophet and king. We'll talk more about priests. We'll unpack it. Yes, we have to. So basically, learn how to rule yourself and develop a relationship with God. Yeah. Can't say you hear the voice if you don't know how the voice sounds. Come on. <laughs> no. You're asking... Like they say in the hood, who dat? Yep. <laughs> I don't know what hood he's from. <laughs> oh, snap. Or, or, or should I say, I don't know what timeline. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, 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 you, you the can't fix it. Timeline, the more of the hood. You can't fix it. <laughs> the most noble thing that we could ever achieve in life is the knowledge of God. Yes. See that the again, highest please. attainment in life. Mm -hmm. Not all this other stuff that the world offers you, mm -hmm. fame, fortune, money, power, prestige. See, there's a beautiful transition from Genesis 11 to Genesis 12. In Genesis 11, the people said, let us make a name for ourselves. Yes. In Genesis 12, God says to Abraham, I'll make your name great. There's a difference between the two. Amen? But Amen. we got to stop here. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen? Can yes. we pray us out? We have someone we to have pray. We have a minister. Okay. Uh, standing by to have a conversation with individuals who heard this message and want to know about this individual called Christ. They don't know him. They say, look, I want to hear about this individual called Christ. And the minister... So the minister... <laughs> minister... I don't handle those operations anymore. I just want you to know. Hallelujah. Thank God for our pastors. And that was smart. He's in trouble, so he thanks God for his pastors. Okay. <laughs> and we're so glad for them because we not only get a good word, but he also gives us good teaching. And one of the things that, an expression that he gave us, or a definition for love is the desire to benefit others at the expense of self. And throughout the expression of the worship experience this morning, I don't know if you were tuned in to exactly the lyrics and what was happening. It was really reflecting on the reflection, on the, uh, the love of God. And one of the songs says, it says, Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. Then it says, they hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. 
that's love. And then the other song said, he thought that you were worth saving. So he came and he changed your life. Mm. He came and he changed my life. He said that you, he thought that you were worth keeping. So he cleaned you up, cleaned us up inside. And he thought that you were worthy to die for. So he sacrificed his life. That's love. Woo. That's love. And if you remember last week, Pastor said, he said, when you know someone truly loves you, you can trust them. Everything that I've talked about, everything that I just mentioned is, is a reflection of the love of God. So if you're here today, and if you're watching online, I've just gave you some good expressions of the love of God. And if, you're, if you have never experienced this before, this is an opportunity for you to experience God's love. So if you're here today and you've never experienced that and you, want to, you say, I, I want to experience God's love. I want to experience that love that you just talked about. Just raise your hand so that we can identify who you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Even online, just, just, just come to realize that I want to know who God is for myself. I want to know who he is. I want to experience this love. And if you, if you said this today, I want you to join in with me as we pray. And you pray this words, Father, I thank you. Thank you for your expression of love. Thank you for dying on the cross to save a wretch like me. God, I thank you. I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Wash me and make me clean. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. And I accept you today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Yes, that's it. That's it. You're now part of the family of God. And we welcome you to the family of God. If you said this prayer, uh, our ministers are here and we're available to meet with you and to put something in your hand to help you on this journey. Uh, if you're watching online, there's a number that's going to come up on the screen. Please call. Use that number. Call us. We are excited. We're standing by and we're waiting to pray with you and to help you on this journey. Uh, it may not be easy. But God said that he will always be there for you. Yeah. Amen? Because yeah. he loves you. Amen? Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Thank you, Minister Brian. I don't know who needs to hear this, but the, your, your, your value is not based on how you look on the outside, but it's based on how you look on the inside. Hmm. And, you know, I would love to unpack that a little more, but for sake of time, just take that and let that marinate a little bit. Yeah, let the Holy Spirit unpack that. That's the beauty of the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. He, he brings light to the Word, understanding to the Word of God. And the Word of God is not just off the printed page, but when communicated through um, the prophetic anointing. Simple, without all the spectacular, sensational stuff. It's a simple word that can come, and God is speaking to you. How many have gotten a simple word from God in a song, in a conversation, 
But you just knew that was God talking. That was God speaking to you. That's the beauty of it. So let that indeed marinate, like you said. <laughs> hey, man, it's good stuff. <laughs> he keeps having me. I'm like, Lord, please hold this chair. Don't fall. Please make sure this chair is strong enough. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get you a better chair. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father God, thank you so much that we can have fun. That we can have the process of learning about you. The process of of. of connecting with you, the process of get, getting to know a deeper part of you, we can still have fun in it. So Lord, we pray and ask that what we receive today does not return void, but return hundredfold fruit, understanding that we need to look at ourselves and start ruling ourselves. So some of us have some decisions that we need to make, whether it's turning down the plate or biting our tongue and not saying the thing that we want to say, Lord. There's certain things that each and every one of us is struggling with of who we are that we need to start bringing into subjection under the will of God. So, Lord, we ask for strength as we receive that revelation. We ask for courage as we receive that revelation. We ask for, for guidance, wisdom, Lord. Yes, Lord. On a methodology to implement disciplines in our lives that we can start ruling ourselves. Lord, give us the strength to break certain habits that have been detrimental to our walk, that have been detrimental to our relationships. Lord, help us break certain habits and certain mindsets so that we can represent Christ in culture unapologetically. Mm, yeah, yeah. So that people will stop not liking you because of who we are. Mm. Let us become the individuals that, people, that draw people to liking who you are. As Dr. Bernard said, Lord. So we take on the challenge to become better individuals, better Christians, better fathers, better husbands, better mothers, better wives, better sons, better daughters, yes, better grandparents, whoever yes, we are to whoever we need to be, Lord. We want to be better. Yes, Lord. Yes. In Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Good prayer. Let's all stand. Yes. I love the passage that says, with joy we draw water from the well of salvation. And that's what we did this morning and do every time we get together. We're drawing from that well that never runs dry. God's love, his life, his light. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that we can come together as a spiritual family. Thank you for those who believe as well as know that we don't grow in isolation, we only grow in community. So you gave us the church, the community of faith, shared visions, shared values, shared experiences, that we can come together to support each other on this spiritual journey. Bless us, Father, as we leave this place, but never your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's say something good. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. 
I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless. Thank you.